Welcome to the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Brain Fuel is a cerebral beverage that helps you find your flow state, enhance mental focus, and cognitive endurance. Elevate the brain and the body. To get yours, visit brainfuel.com, B-R-E-I-N, fuel.com, and enter the code LIFO15 at checkout for your 15% off discount, L-I-F-O-1-5, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office podcast powered by Brain Fuel. Here with my co-host Andy Dolich and our guests today and Mike Vanneman from the Prostate Cancer Foundation and Greg Olson. And we're going to talk a little bit about using sports as a platform to elevate uh, a greater mission. Uh, at the end of the day, we all work in sports. We're not curing cancer, as some of us like to say. But in this case, and, and what we'll talk a little bit about is uh, Mike and Greg's journey, as well as kind of their transitions, um, whether it be from one business to another, from on the field to off the field, and so on and so forth. Uh, and a little precursor to our 300th episode with Derek Hall and Fred Clare uh, that talk a little bit about uh, Fred's, Fred and Derek's cancer journey as well. So uh, nonetheless, Mike, Greg, welcome. Great to be here. Thanks Thank for you. having me. So Andy, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, I, I was just thinking um, in my time with the Oakland A's, and as you might be able to see, Greg, I, I've got my A's hat on here. Um, I spent 14 years with the A's, and I was just thinking back, you know, brilliant ideas people talk about. Oh, it happened overnight. And Mike, you have to help me out here, but I think uh, Mike Milken started uh, CapCure before yep. it was called, right? Before it was called the Prostate Cancer Foundation in 1993. Correct. When he was battling it. And I just think of my colleague at the A's, Dave Perrin, who spent a number of years working with Mike after he left the A's and the incredible work that they've done, the money that they've raised, the home run challenge. And you know, you're now involved in building it uh, literally around the country and around the world. But it's amazing how, you know, an idea can start with an influential person who brings many others into baseball. So for the listeners, can you talk just a bit about the mission, where you've been and where you're going? Sure. So let me touch on what you just said about the Prostate Cancer Foundation and uh, appreciate having the opportunity to share this story and, and my story. Uh, as you said, Mike Milken started the Prostate Cancer Foundation in 1993 after he himself was diagnosed uh, with prostate cancer and not really given a great prognosis. And uh, the great news is he's still around um, and has helped transform the standard of care through uh, raising, through the Prostate Cancer Foundation, almost $840 million that has gone to uh, life-saving prostate cancer research. Um, and what Mike also saw was uh, the power of sports. And with his love of baseball, began a relationship with the MLB uh, through our home run challenge over 25 years ago. And thanks in part to the over $50 million that uh, was raised through uh, the home run challenge with Major League Baseball, uh, they've helped and uh, along with PCF, 
has cut the death rate uh, from prostate cancer by over 52%. So um, uh, we're very proud of the, the progress we've made. There's a lot more work to be done. We wanna put ourselves out of business as soon as possible by finding ways to eradicate this disease. But Mike Milken and the, the team at the Prostate Cancer Foundation for the last 25 years have done a great job in bringing awareness and, and funding life-saving research. And I, I know the A's, uh, we had a very aggressive community outreach, philanthropy, and we had some pretty good home run hitters that, yeah. that didn't get challenged a lot. Some of them, you know, worked with a hypodermic needle in their derriere, but that's, you know, that's a story for another day. Yeah. Greg probably faced a bunch of them, but can, can you talk about how you started working with Greg and the sort of transformation when a doctor tells you you've got the C, yep. whatever it is, it is not a good day for anyone. No, no. So let me let me just touch on that. First of all, this your industry uh, helping people transition uh, in 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 positions in the in sports management or uh, entertainment, if you will. It's about relationships and. Uh, I met Greg through a, a common friend and who called me and said, hey, I got a buddy that is, uh, you've been diagnosed and is about to get treatment and you guys should get to know each other because I was diagnosed three years ago, was successfully treated two years ago. And it's always great to build a relationship with you know, fellow warriors who have gone through the process. So Greg and I had a great conversation. We've become friends. And because of his uh, relationship uh, was, was his career with Major League Baseball, I wanted him to get involved with the Home Run Challenge. And we've, we've got him involved this year and much more hopefully next year. So um, I think what really drove uh, uh, my, my call with Greg is just that common bond of, of uh, you know, sharing an experience with the disease and wanting to help others go through it as well. So Greg, a question for you, having been around, you know, athletes in the big four sports, I mean, you're, you're at the top of Mount Everest in terms of being paid to be a professional athlete and you're the best of the best. And then somebody says, well, you got something here that needs to be looked at very closely and, you know, it could affect your life. How... How did that go through your mind? And as you look at being a professional athlete, um, how you dealt with that and how you moved to a position today being a proactive source of helping others? Well, you know what? It, uh, man, when it, you get that phone call and they tell you you have cancer, it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, if you're 90, if you're 12, it's scary. And, um, when I got the phone call, it, it was, it was kind of, you know, it was obviously a shock, but then I was going, okay, what, uh, you know, how do I, how do I fight this and how do we, how do we move forward? And thankfully of, uh, my college coach, Hal Baird, not thankfully, but, uh, he had gone through prostate removal, um, prostatectomy, um, and sent me up to Vanderbilt. We started talking. I talked to people like Michael. And just kind of got the feedback of, you know, it's not the end of the world. There's, there's, uh, there's a fight in this. And, um, I had my, uh, I had my prostate removed April 20th, about two months after finding out that I had cancer. 
and got my last result and it was it was you know a point zero one which is as low as it can go um and so you, you go through it and i was like okay now what can i do um how can i how can i help somebody else and i actually just kind of went out on social media and just you know made the announcement that i have prostate cancer and i said you know for all you guys that are 50 years old out there that that just kind of look at yourselves and go i don't need a physical i don't need to get checkups because i'm in good shape i was like i'm 54 i've never you know no cancer in my family and you know i work out seven days a week and i can wear my dodgers pants from 20 years ago <laughs> right um and so if you got anything else any other good reasons then you're over you know over 45 or over 50 and you got any other good reasons for not going to get checked up i'd love to hear them and just kind of left it at that. And I got a lot of feedback of going, you know, made my doctor's appointment the next morning. And, you know, thankfully everything's good. Thank you. And it was, I got a lot of that. And so, you know, I'm just hoping to continue to build and add on that and just make people aware that this is, uh, there's no rhyme or reason. And, um, you know, if you think you got it figured out and you, decide not to go to the doctor because you don't want to find something out then that's that's an issue of of, of a different level of, but so that's where it all went with me greg there's there's an element of storytelling there obviously but just from the the component of as andy kind of mentioned the the mental aspect of it, whether it's cancer whether it's something else right there's always going to be that oh shit moment in in everyone's life and and I put moments right with the, the parentheses around the S because it's definitely multiple for, for a lot of people. What do you do? I mean, there's, there's obviously the attitude that you can control of, of yourself. You know, there's focusing on perspectives and so on and so forth, but just as it relates from a, from a life lesson standpoint, what did you learn from the experience and what have you tried to teach others? Um, you know, you, you sit back and you, you hear stories and, you, I, I always believe that you, you have ways of dealing with adversity and, and, you know, first time that I realized that I wasn't immortal and I wasn't going to live forever is, you know, tearing my elbow up when I was 25 and, uh, threw a monkey in the wrench of my career and everything else. And, and you deal with adversity in, in different ways. And, and for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to be praying. And, um, those were the, uh, the methods and the reasons. And, and for the most part went to the people that I, I trust and I love. And I said, you know, I'm ready to go through this, you know, go through it with me and, and, uh, you know, pray for me and, and be there to talk. And, and, um, now I'm trying to be on the other side of that for, for somebody else of just, you know, what are you going through? How can I help? How can I pray? And, um, that's just the way I've gone through all my uh, adversities. I was trying to think of something clever, but I yeah. couldn't come up no, with another I mean, word. As you were as you were going through this, uh, Jake is a little bit tired, and probably Mike, as we have our meetings in and around the, the bears and cows of Los Altos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we talk about teamwork, leadership, and trust. And, and you just hit on all three of them. I use it sort of as a teaching tool. And 
you know, in sports, you've seen so many teams that win because they have teamwork, leadership, and trust, and others that never quite get it right because they're missing elements. And Mike, you've seen that in your career too. It seems easy, but it's not. And then as Greg was talking about building the foundation of moving forward, um, it's teamwork, leadership, and trust, right? Yep. Mike, same same thing to you on your end. I mean, what as you're going out there to try and help others, you know, fundraise, et cetera, what's what goes through your mind and, and how you've, you know, not only overcome obstacles, but then as you're almost witnessing and, and living through uh, other people's stories as well. Sure. Well, one of the things that I've found kind of thematically in my life is, is using my prior experiences and challenges to help other people. And I've done that, I did it athletically, I've done it uh, in business. And now after being diagnosed with cancer, I decided to change careers and join the Prostate Cancer Foundation as VP of uh, Major Gibson Development. And I just found that what kind of gave me motivation and, and gave me more purpose was to take what at one point was a real difficult time in my life and turn that around and how I can use that experience to help somebody else who might be going through a, a similar experience or even a different experience, but they were facing uh, you know, challenges on from many fronts. So um, I, I found, a, 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 I decided to kind of, become the victor and not the victim. And um, just use this, this, this experience I had of, of getting diagnosed with cancer um, and turn that around. And, and after I got, again, treated successfully, how then could I share my experience and help other men and families go through it? Uh, so that's kind of has become my, really my calling or my, my motivation for you know, this next stage in my career. Mike, as, as, and Greg, as you look at the, the world that we live in medically, what we are going through in terms of COVID-19, what Michael and many, many hundreds of other people have been involved with in the Prostate Cancer Foundation, it's complicated, right? I mean, you have large medical organizations, you've got bureaucratic organizations, you've got healthcare, brilliant doctors all over the world. How do you, when you have something like, um, you know, the Prostate Cancer Foundation, how do you organize all this? So as you said, you want to put yourself out of business. Right. Well, one of the things that uh, I think the Prostate Cancer has done a great job at is, is simplify uh, how we uh, fund researchers. And you know, before Milken got involved, it was a very complex process, took a lot of time, took, you know, reams of paper to produce grants and documents that needed to get approval for funding. We shortened that process. We eliminated a lot of the paperwork and we, we identified the very best young emerging talent and funded those uh, researchers. And that led to significant breakthroughs. So Milken using his business acumen decided, hey, let's Let's bring much more efficiency to this uh, this process, and the results have been been tremendous. So I think uh, he just decided to to take a different approach and and turn it turn the whole process on its head, and it's worked out. You know, if 
I don't I don't know what the total is, but if you put the the total uh, amount of jobs that you've got or teams that you played on between Mike and Greg, how many is it? Um, well, uh, I had a much briefer <laughs> professional career than Greg, but uh, I played at UCLA and then got drafted by the San Jose Earthquake Earthquakes and then played briefly with the Los Angeles Aztecs and the North American Soccer League. Um, so Greg, I don't know how many teams, Greg, how many won. caps, how many caps have you worn since college and minors and the majors? Oh, minors too. Uh, yeah, yeah that one's going to throw me <laughs> a for a bit. Um, yeah, there's at least 10 major teams that I wore and wow. then, uh, you can probably throw another couple minor league hats and, um, yeah, no, at least and probably the, 15, I would think. Yeah, the reason I brought it up is that Mike and Greg, as you're out there talking, even if it's just in baseball, you know, we're not talking about all the other pro leagues and thousands of colleges and, you know, uh, MLS and on and on and on. Um, every team has different layers of professionalism, philanthropy, and sure. you're, you know, you're, the fluid that flows through the veins of sports is green, right? Yeah. I mean, Let's face it, you're out there asking for green. How do you prioritize, like, who do I talk to? Because some teams, I'll just speak for myself, are absolutely brain dead when it comes to this, and others are leaders in the clubhouse. Yeah. Greg, why don't you tackle that one first, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll handle it second. Well, I mean, you, you I, I think – Personally, I think you just go hit everybody and then start getting pushed away or <laughs> you start getting traction. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have an easy way or a simple way of going, Hey, here's what we're raising money for. And here's what we're working to do. And you, you know, you, you pick, everybody has a heart for something. And, um, you know, if, if they don't, then maybe you can sell them on, you know, what we're selling. Right. But for the most part, I'm 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 kind of throwing uh, a blanket over everybody and, and just starting from there and then getting you know getting no's or yeses and then moving. Yep. So I, like your pitching philosophy, if you can hit it, great. If not, here it comes again. That's I'm right. Here. Absolutely. Keep, yeah. Keep throwing them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, prostate exactly. cancer is the most inherited cancer, and over fifty percent. Uh, of the time it's passed down through families. My dad had it. My oldest brother has it. I've got it. Um, one in eight men are diagnosed with prostate cancer. One in six men of color are diagnosed with prostate cancer. And so somebody on these teams, whether it's management, whether it's a player, whether it's part of the executive organization, um, somebody in their life has had prostate cancer. And so there's an affinity, there's a sensitivity and a compassion. And I think the way to go about it is not only taking kind of Greg's, you know, let's uh, throw the big blanket over it, but also go find people who've been affected by it and, and get them involved because truly their participation with prostate cancer will save lives uh, very quickly. Uh, if not over long, a longer period of time. And, and certainly we have resources and content that can be beneficial to a family member, a teammate, a colleague who is going through prostate cancer. So um, I think that what, what, what resonates for us is um, 
has your life been affected by it? And if so, let's let's join forces. Yeah, and, and that's this is a great time. If you could just tell our listeners, all right, you know, everybody is touched by this one way or the other. Here's where you should go to find out more information so that we can help you become more educated. So great. Uh, Thank you for the plug. Uh, but go to www.pcf.org. So that's www.pcf.org. And uh, feel free and participate, get some information and reach out and contact me if you want some more uh, to have a conversation. Mike, I, it's a quick plug for, for PCF. And I, I want to, as we kind of talked about at the beginning of the episode, utilizing sports as a platform, right, to be able to enhance the message. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you've been able to do in order to utilize sports to uh, promote and, and be able to take this message above and beyond? Sure. Great question. So first of all, I've talked about the home run challenge. We've had that in, with uh, Major League Baseball for 25 years. Uh, we're also doing a, a program with the NBA uh, called the Assist Challenge in February, whereby uh, teams that participate in the NBA uh, donate uh, a certain amount of money for every assist uh, during the month of February. And then over uh, just this last weekend, uh, through NBA Cares, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was gracious enough with his time to provide a, a uh, uh, if you will, a public service announcement about his experience with prostate cancer and extolling the benefits and need to get tested and screened. So uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, is certainly a great ambassador for us. And we'll be expanding our relationship with, um, uh, with the NBA this next year. Uh, and we're also targeting other sports leagues. So, but uh, principally it's been MLB as well as uh, the NBA. You've had a golf relationship in the past, haven't you? Yeah, Andy North uh, is, is also a great ambassador. We conduct a, a number of golf tournaments around the country annually uh, to raise money for prostate cancer. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the, the PGA and PCF have had a, a, a great relationship. Mike, as, as you think about um, the transition component, right, of, of being able to not only utilize sports as a platform, but um, both, you know, both you and Greg have had multiple careers, um, obviously on and off the field. What's the biggest component for you from a transition perspective? When you think about your experience transitioning from being diagnosed to them being on the other side, right? And you, and you correlate that to any other transition you've gone to, whether it's hanging up the cleats or whatever the case might be. What's the biggest lesson, life lesson you've learned over that transition period that those who are listening might be able to take into uh, an experience of their own? Sure. Um, I think I mentioned it before is that relationships are, are really everything uh, in, in not only in life, but in business and, and in career transition. So I think that's super important. I think if there is a kind of a behavior or virtue or an, or an attitude that is required is perseverance. It's just uh, having the tenacity and the will to just keep moving forward. So whether that's dealing with a difficult health situation or dealing with the challenges of changing careers because you either chose to leave or you're asked to leave, uh, getting to your next opportunity requires significant perseverance 
and then optimism, just never losing hope, constantly believing that, that good things are going to happen every day. And as you put those three things together, relationships, perseverance, and hope, uh, you create opportunities for yourself. Greg, anything to add there? No, that's exactly it. You know, it's moving forward. It's perseverance. It's, it's figuring out where to go next and, and, you know, using your contacts to get advice, get help, get, uh, get more contacts. And uh, that's kind of what I found moving outside of baseball is, is the relationships that I've built and, and, uh, and then figuring out a way to kind of fight through the tough times and keep moving. Greg, from a, this has nothing to do with anything. From a style standpoint, as you can see, my <laughs> virtual background is baseball caps that I've teams I've worked for, or uh, you know, logos that I think are cool. Or got um, for free. You got them for free, right? I mean, absolutely for yeah. free. Uh, the best uh, swag is free swag. Yeah. Of the different teams, um, who, what was your favorite cap? Not team, but. The, the coolness of the cap what did which team did you like the best wow. which cap was your favorite that's a good one you know what i'm uh i'm, I'm old school so enjoyed you know the tigers tigers cap and the and, and the dodgers cap just for you know their, their histories and and uh you know specifically how long the, uh, tigers the, were D, the around. d and the la you're not going with birds from uh, toronto and Baltimore. And Minnesota Twins, nah, you're going L.A. Uh, and and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, yeah. It's for my favorite lid. I mean, some of you know we had we had probably about seven or eight different hats with uh, the Diamondbacks. So tough to tough to put a choice on that one. But just for the um, for the legend that was, you know, the Tigers <laughs> and the and and the and the Dodgers were were pretty cool lids to put on. Well, long way from Nebraska, right? Absolutely, a very long way from Nebraska. Yes. Hey, I got I got two quick questions, Andy. As we finish up, uh, you know, part of our brain fuel segment, uh, and I got to ask two former professional athletes if they could be the best at a single mental sport. What would it be? And 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 examples, maybe chess, poker, esports, something of that sort, where you really, really got to use the brain. What do you got? Chess. Chess. Okay. That's a good one. And I don't play, but uh, it would I, be chess. I, yeah, I'd probably go with the same thing. You're not it you're not in it for the poker for, for winning winning all the money. No, that doesn't that doesn't get me there. I think it's I think it's the, the strategy and the uh, and the ruthlessness of chess is what's pretty interesting. Uh, both of you guys have probably seen the Queen's Gambit, and that's why. There you go. That's why we're going. <laughs> this Heck of a movie. Heck of a great, movie. great, great series. Mike, next time we talk to you, you will have uh, taken up speed chess and uh, right. might be ha halfway decent. Um, we'll become a grandmaster. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm feeling really good because my five-and-a-half-year-old grandson waxes me every <laughs> single time we play, no lie. So... Last question for both of you guys is before we sign off, um, how do you mentally deal with the highs and the lows of, of not only a season, Greg, but also Mike with going through cancer, right? I mean, there's a lot of highs and lows. 
um, for both of you kind of different perspectives. Greg, go, go ahead. ahead, Mike. Nope. I'll, I'll, you're, the, you're the visiting team. Go ahead. <laughs> how do you go through? I mean, how do you go through a season? It's, it's uh, you know, the perseverance and the, the willingness to, to wake up every morning and, and go fight again. Um, it was, it was fun for me, but if everything was going well, if it wasn't going well, man, it's a, it's a roller coaster ride. And I look at, you know, look at the guys on the PGA tour, it's, man, you have a bad week and then, you know, go back to work for four days and then try it again and, and hope you bounce back. And for me, it was have a bad night and I'm waking up and getting ready to rinse and repeat and do it again. And, and uh, you got to have enough of a memory to remember how you want to do things and how, and what, you know, what your, what your points are for, for pitching successfully. And, and how do I want to get this guy out? And then you got to be, I guess, dumb enough to forget that I gave up a two run home run last night to cost us the game. And I got to be out here again. I'll probably run into the same guys that I faced last night. So it's a, yeah, it's kind of an interesting roller coaster. Well, I'll just throw this trivia question out as we end this session. Name the Major League Baseball pitcher that in 1996 was 8 and 0. Name that pitcher. Hmm. And we Who you got? <laughs> and we don't hear anybody answering the question. Crickets. I mean, I'm just going to say Greg Olson, but that's well, you have to ask the guy who was eight and oh, I think you know. <laughs> I <laughs> I uh I gotta be honest with you. I don't uh I don't it was I, I knew I was five and oh I'm not sure if I got to eight. Uh, so no, I, I, think was, I could be wrong here, but I, I think you can you, I think you uh, combined I think you combined both leagues. I did. Uh Toronto and the Brewers, right? You had to stop with the Brewers? Uh no. No. But that, um, that year I was de- that year I was Detroit and Houston. Oh, um, then I ended yeah. up I ended up en- ended up comically five and zero. Oh, and okay. uh, well, you worst, were undefeated. I'm I'm wrong. I'm bad with numbers, but yeah. you're damn undefeated. That's all. That's right. I was I, I was and I had the worst ERA of my career. So it was one of those where did it on the right nights, and then when nobody was paying attention, I I wasn't very good. Yeah, but your career ERA <laughs> today. What were you like three and a half, three, four? You'd be paid yeah. 20 million a year, right? <laughs> and no, then you could you just know. write one damn check to Bannerman and it would all be taken care of. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I wish. All right. Uh, Jake, anything else before we let our two guests well, uh, go about I, their I day? Would say Mike, Mike passed off the question to the visiting team. And he didn't let the home team hit. So Mike's got to finish finish the episode here. So uh, I, I think uh, to uh, you just keep going. You, you just keep moving forward. And you're trying to not let the highs get too high, the lows get too low. And uh, uh, you realize that, uh, you know, you want to learn from every experience you've got um, and take that knowledge and, apply it to, uh, to what you need to do that day, but, um, just keep, keep being optimistic and hopeful and great things happen. Well, Mike, Greg, really appreciate the time. Andy, of course, as always.
Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast powered by BrainFuel. Remember, you can get 15% off your next purchase at brainfuel.com, B-R-E-I-N, fuel.com, with the code LIFO15, L-I-F-O-1-5 at checkout. And if you like BrainFuel, give us a shout out, comment, share, and leave a review.